0: In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our sermon text is our reading from Ecclesiastes chapter 5. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight, O Lord. Amen. Is wealth and money the key to a better life? That's the impression you might get if you watch the news. Or listen to some of the stories presented in TV shows and movies. The idea is that the rich have it easy. Their wealth helps them to avoid many of the troubles and problems faced in this world. The problems that the poor or the middle class do not have the luxury of avoiding. Because of this, people either want to be wealthy or obtain more. Just consider how popular lottery tickets are. Or else... They want the rich to distribute their wealth to everyone else. So you get stories about how you can become wealthy or the self-made man. And you get stories about making things more equitable so everyone can have more possessions. Either way, wealth is viewed as a positive for an individual. But today, we hear the opposite, both from God and from one of the richest man there ever was. Jesus says it is difficult for the rich to enter God's kingdom. And Solomon, the great king who had so much wealth, that it was said of him in 2 Corinthians 9 that he made silver as common in Jerusalem as stone. He warned, as you heard today in Ecclesiastes, about the dangers of wealth. Solomon warns us that money does not satisfy those who seek after it, because it's never enough. What you have may be nice, but there is always a desire for more. And what's more, a great increase in possessions and lands means you have to support more laborers, such that your wealth, isn't always enjoyed by you. You get to see it, but others benefit from it instead of you. And you get to worry about it while the laborer goes to sleep. In other words, your possessions begin to own you. This is what Solomon experienced and saw. He observed this in his life and in the lives of others. That is why he warns that he has seen riches that actually brought harm upon the owner of them. Riches can be destructive. They can hurt us. They can cause you to lose sleep either in working to maintain them or in worrying over them. But Solomon stops short of lifting up poverty. He bemoans the rich man who loses his wealth in some poor business decision and so has nothing with which to feed his baby. So poverty isn't the answer either because it means not being able to provide for your family. Solomon calls both riches and poverty and evil or a worthless and vain pursuit. Both bring troubles and heartaches in a limited way I've seen that having less can be a hardship, but having more begins to run your life. For a number of years, my wife and I lived with one car. There were times it was a pain only having one vehicle between the two of us. It limited some of what we could accomplish and do. It limited job options and affected where we could live. When we finally got two vehicles, we suddenly had to pay more. We had more bills, more taxes, and more maintenance with which to keep up. There was more work to be done. Having two cars put more dictates on my life because I was now responsible to keep up with more. So having less is problematic, and having more is problematic, Yet Solomon does emphasize the dangers and problems of riches as greater. Why? Because riches provide the human heart the illusion of power. It gives us something to trust in as our God, but a faulty God that only stands up by our own efforts. That's why he doesn't give the rich any sleep. That's how riches hurt Their owner. Solomon's answer is to work and toil and enjoy what God has given you to do. He calls this God's gift. And it is a gift. The work and toil are the gift of purpose and meaning, especially as it serves my neighbor and manages creation over which God placed us as stewards. The food and drink are the gift of enjoyment and pleasure of the good things that God gives to us. Solomon does not end here. He goes on to conclude in Ecclesiastes 12, 13, Fear God and keep His commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. Solomon points out not just how best to live our life in regards to others, but that we should also live our life toward God and His Word. He calls us to fear, love, and trust in God above all things. We are to live as recipients of all His good gifts. For anything else is vanity or meaningless. Anything else is living outside of our creation and purpose. Doing so will end in ruin, destruction, and a meaningless life but that is where sin goes that is where the world pushes us that is into what the devil deceives us into thinking and this is where we have gone because of sin this is the trap into which we continually fall and to deliver us from this christ has come god has given us the gift of himself his deliverance from sin and death through which His life and death in our flesh was what gave us our deliverance. Our creation and life are a gift given by our Lord. Our recreation and new life in Christ are a gift given to you. Jesus is given into death on the cross so that we would be delivered from the dangers of sin and the temptations of evil. He sacrificed to rescue you from all the bad things in this world and from labor and toils that end in ruins. He forgave you and me from sin. And he saved you and me from all that sin and all that the devil has inflicted upon us. Rejoice then, for you have a share in God's kingdom. You have a place with him. What was impossible, God accomplished. He brings you true rest in Christ, not a worldly rest, not the leisure of this world. He brings you the rest and peace of God. He brings you the certainty of life with him. He brings you the sure promise that your sins are erased in Christ. Baptism has cleansed you of all evil and made you right with God. So we need not fear. We can rejoice. We can use what we have to help our neighbor and enjoy some of the fruits of our labor here and now. Despite the struggles and dangers within our own circumstances, we lean on the trust that the Lord provides He not only gives us faith, He gives us help and deliverance. He alone can do it. No one and nothing else can do it. And He does it. Thanks be to God. Thanks be to God for He is gracious and merciful. Let us enjoy His blessings here and now and live according to his commands and the vocations to which he has called us. And let us gather together weekly to rejoice in his word and in his gift of salvation as we do today at his table, eating and drinking, and the joy of his forgiveness and life with him. The peace of God which passes on our sin, and keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. The Lord bless you and keep you. Lord, make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace. Amen.